And welcome to another episode of the Sartorial Geek Podcast by Webster Style, where we talk about bow ties, comic books, and everything in between. I'm your host, Webster Style, the man, the voice, the fragrance, coming back one more time. And of course, let's jump right into the download. Now, one of the things I love about Xbox Game Pass, yes, I'm talking about Xbox Game Pass again is the fact that there are so many games there that I normally would not get a chance to play or even hear about to play and one of those games that I've been playing recently is a game called Unpacking. Unpacking was developed by White Beam, excuse me, Witch Beam Studios and it's exactly as it sounds. You are unpacking. You are unpacking at various stages of this female character's life whom you never see and you start out unpacking her room as a teenager you go from college in various stages of college and then after college and relationships it is really a fun little puzzle game but it's a fun little puzzle game that has heart one of my favorite cinematic uh, storytelling experiences is Disney Pixar's Up particularly the first 10 minutes or so when it's all silent I find it amazing when storytellers are able to use music and or uh, the pictures, the motion of characters to tell a story without saying a word. Unpacking does the exact same thing by unpacking a person's life. You get to see what they're interested in, what what they love, even what they've gone through, whether it's family and heartache heartbreak it's very amazing how these developers were able to tell a story of this young woman from a child to an adult and family just through unpacking her belongings into the various spaces she lives in over the time we're with her i have to give kudos to the team for crafting such a great story that elicits so much emotion. They are AAA games with humongous budgets and hundreds of staff writers who cannot even compare to, to the sort of emotion that is given off by this little simple puzzle game. So if you have a chance, definitely pick up Unpacking. It's on Xbox Game Pass, but it's also on Steam, it's also on Switch, and I'm not sure it might be on the PlayStation systems as well. But definitely try it out. It's only 20 bucks. it's 8 levels, so it's relatively shortest, but let me be frank, it is well worth the $20 price tag. It is a fun game, and more importantly, it is such a relaxing game to play. The music in the game, whoever did the music, oh man. It's just a really great game overall. So I definitely recommend Unpacking by Witchbeam Studios. You'll find it on all major platforms, I believe. I'm still not sure about PlayStation, but if it's not there, you can always find it on Steam. So that's my download for the week. Now, I'm going to start a new segment. This segment is called Podcast Spotlight. I've had a chance to listen to a lot of podcasts 
uh, from various content creators over the years, which I mean, over the months of doing this podcast. And I like to really spotlight a lot of the ones that I find interesting. And I tend to go back to week after week. Like I said, I talked about Gore Friends last week. I've talked about the Canon Canon before, uh, Bluttercorn Speaks, the um, Hot Seat Podcast, all podcasts I listen to on the regular. Well, this week I want to spotlight Talk and Play Bird, Blurred Class, excuse me, uh, by Brian Sapp. This is a podcast that very much is, uh, I wouldn't say akin to my own, but uh, Brian really talks about whatever he feels like. So this is the general synopsis. Uh, Brian Sapp, another blurred on the internet, giving his perspective on whatever he wants, but with a focus on music, nerd and geek culture, and pop culture. And he says, you'll understand after you press play. Now, one of the uh, interesting aspects of his podcast is that he covers the series Insecure. Now, I have only watched one episode of Insecure, and I believe that was like in the first season. So it's not a show that I particularly uh, subscribe to, and I don't subscribe to HBO, HBO Max for that regard. But anytime I heard about the show and was told to watch the show, it was always from African-American women around my age bracket. So listening to an African-American man who Brian, I think, is a little bit younger than me, but listening to his perspective, listening to his insight into the show, I find it very interesting, fascinating, and just fun to listen to. In addition to the other episodes that feature geek content and music content, I always love other people's points of view on these subjects so brian's podcast is definitely one that i've been enjoying i'm listening to his podcast isn't overly long i either uh podcast episodes range from 35 minutes to about an hour a little bit over that so i definitely enjoy that uh very easy to get into very easy to get out of uh, nothing wrong for extra long podcasts but sometimes I like when podcasters really get to the point, uh, say what they have to say, and then get out so you can get on to the next episode. So that's my podcast spotlight for the week. Talk and Play Blurcast by its host, Brian Saff. Now, this week's short take is just one. One short take. I wasn't going to talk about the whole Spider-Man new trilogy, but there are too many conflicting reports on that. Sony says one thing. Amy Pascal says another thing. Somebody's lying. Somebody's telling the truth. I don't know who, so I'm not talking about it. But I am going to talk about The Peacemaker. Uh, the full trailer for The Peacemaker dropped, and I stand by what I said, that this is going to be the breakout role for John Cena. This new trailer displayed so much more to the Peacemaker character than what we've seen in the previous trailers and previews as well as the Suicide Squad movie that just came out. I really think this series is going to give John Cena a chance to really be seen as the star that he's been positioning himself has for the past few years. Not saying he hasn't starred in movies, but let's be real, he's always been John Cena. I think this movie is one where we are going to see another side of John Cena's acting chops, not movies, but this series. So I'm really excited to see that. And as I said with the Insecure reference, I don't have HBO Max. However, 
This is one series I might definitely pop in for a month to binge watch it once all the episodes have been released. So if you have not watched the new trailer for Peacemaker, definitely watch it. I think that you will be pleasantly surprised if you were on the fence about this series so far, or at least say before now, with the quality of the series that has been displayed in this trailer. And I think you'll probably be excited for it as well. So that's my short take on the Peacemaker trailer. Now, with that, we cannot go without doing some reviews. One of the things about a holiday break is that, well, you get downtime. You get downtime to catch up on a lot of the movies and series that you had not been able to watch before then. And in this case, I was able to sit down and watch two very exciting and different movies. The first one was Gunpowder Milkshake. The second one was Red Notice. Now, with Gunpowder Milkshake, this is a movie that I saw the trailer for a while ago even before I saw it was coming on Netflix I have been a fan of Karen Gilliam since her Doctor Who days and just the fact that you also had Angela Bassett and Michelle Yeoh as long as short excuse me as as well as Lena Headley just really was the ice on the cake really was Michelle Yeoh and Angela Bassett did it for me and you know who can't or who doesn't love a sort of uh, off the wall bloody graphic action flick uh, especially when you have characters especially female characters who are quote unquote past their prime still showing they have the chops to carry action scenes uh, particularly like Angela Bassett and Michelle Yo did in this movie uh, not to say Carla uh, Guglio, Guglio I always forget her name or mispronounce her name didn't do uh, this movie justice either um, as well as Karen Gillan but she has that action chops from her Guardians of the Galaxy days quite not as graphic as this obviously but it's not something that well this film isn't something that I feel as though is far from her reach as an actor as well as uh, the physicality of the movie as well but Michelle Yeoh I've loved Michelle Yeoh as an actress and as an action star since I first saw her in Supercop with Jackie Chan all those years ago and Angela Bassett man I've been an Angela Bassett fan since forever I still to this day one of my favorite movies of hers is Strange Days and it's a movie that is never talked about of hers uh, her with um, I think it's Joseph Fiennes and it was just such a great movie such a, a wonderful movie and such indicative of the storytelling of the late 90s early 2000s era of sci-fi movies so Gunpowder Milkshake was very enjoyable a uh, very easy to follow story very simple story uh, as well but one of my disappointments or my only real disappointment is that the way the trailer really uh, set it up at least in my opinion is set it up almost like a, a female John, John Wick uh, with the action and even somewhat of the story as well it wasn't like that when it came to the actual execution of the movie not saying it wasn't bloody it wasn't graphic but there was a style there 
that it was missing compared to John Wick. It had its own style, and I don't want to say that it wasn't stylish. It just wasn't in a style that I was expecting based on the trailer that I had seen beforehand. So that was my only dis disappointment because I was expecting something just a bit different, but I still enjoyed the product that they presented uh, on the movie screen. So that's my take on Gunpowder Milkshake. I definitely think that if you're a fan of action flicks, you should definitely watch it. You won't be disappointed. The next movie I was able to watch is Red Notice or was Red Notice. And this movie as well, based on the numbers that came out, is the most watched movie in Netflix history. There are literally billions of hours of watch time on this movie in the week or so that has been out. And that is just a testament to the star power of Dwayne The Rock Johnson and also Ryan Reynolds. Uh, I wouldn't say so much as Gal Gadot. I don't know if she is as much of a heavy hitter as the other two. But it was, you know, obviously an all-star cast. Now, this movie is one I was excited to see simply because I've always enjoyed The Rock. And Ryan Reynolds is Ryan Reynolds. Uh, he is now almost a version of Deadpool that same quippy character in every single movie sometimes it works sometimes it not it doesn't uh, this movie it worked for the most part I don't think he was as uh, Deadpool-ish in this movie he still was a quippy guy but a lot of the quips just landed a different way and I think it was on purpose at least that's the way I intended it The Rock as well uh, played his sort of same character and I say sort of because there are some twists and turns in the movie that I'm not going to reveal that, uh, in my opinion, really saved this movie. Uh, the third act of this movie just, there were so many sort of inconsistencies that uh, happened throughout the first two acts that uh, some of it was very, inf uh, very forgivable. Uh, with the execution because it was just a fun ride by the time you got to the beginning of the third act it just really started to get um, cartoonish and farcical for me uh, particularly and I'll get to this talk about this scene there's a scene where uh, Dwayne Johnson's character and Ryan Reynolds character end up escaping a gentleman and they end up in a bullfighting ring and the rock end up, ends up getting gored by this bull and he gets up brushes himself off and walks away. And I'm thinking, I don't care if you are The Rock, Brock, whoever, you just had a bull run into your side, throw you maybe a hundred feet in the air, you land on the ground, and you get up and walk away like your ribs aren't broken, like something's not broken. That would made no sense to me whatsoever. I'm like, okay, that was too cartoonish. So it really, that's when I started to get taken out of the film. And then into the beginning of that third act, it just, it was sort of nonsensical until you got those out of the blue sort of changes that happened that thus explained all of the things except for the bullfighting uh, that I was questioning about the first two acts of the movie. And in my opinion, that that third act or as far as that latter half of the third act really salvaged the movie for me because it just got kind of stupid and stupid in a non-believable way so with that as an overall movie i definitely recommend it my only caveat my only uh issue with it is gal gadot i have never thought she was the greatest actress in the world i don't think she's the strongest actress in the world uh, you really could have gotten any female lead for this movie and i think that they would have been serviceable again not to knock her 
and she has great name and great name recognition and star power for being Wonder Woman. But in this movie, they literally could have gotten anyone. I don't think for for as far as a screen presence that she is up there with The Rock or even Ryan Reynolds in the way that this movie was written and directed. Uh, her sexiness, her physicality were definitely on display. Um, but as far as her presence of for it being Gal Gadot, not as necessary, not as powerful considering who she was up against. I actually think that the woman that was in the fat in the Fast and Furious series now, um, I think her last name is Curvy the Blonde Chick, the one that plays the sister of uh, Jason Statham's character. Like she is someone who I could have seen in this role and would have pulled it off much better. I think that her delivery and snarkiness uh, would have aided that role a bit more than Gal Gadot because Gal Gadot is Gal Gadot. I have not seen her in anything that has really extended her acting chops and make me see her as something else other than even in Wonder Woman the same she's the same in Wonder Woman in my opinion as she was in the Fast and Furious um series just you know now she's superpower and a bit more stoic and heroic so that's just me and maybe as far as i need to see her in more stuff but i just thought that that could have been any female sultry female lead with physicality personally speaking but does red notice cut the mustard yes particularly i like the three of them together i liked uh the ensemble when they were on the same page and i really hope there is a sequel because I like the way it ended and set it up for a sequel that will potentially see uh, those characters reuniting and working uh, on a different page than what we saw them for most of this movie so I am really excited for that and based on the viewership we'll get it sooner rather than later so that is my take on Red Notice definitely watch so two must watch not watch but two movies you definitely will not be disappointed with on Netflix. Now we cannot go into streaming without talking about, of course, the latest Disney Plus show, Hawkeye. Now with episode three, we have a bit more backstory on not just Hawkeye, but the mysterious Echo and how Hawkeye's time as the Ronin really influenced her to be who she is, well, at least where she is right now. And there's so many questions from the show. First and foremost, the show went by so fast. Uh, it was one action set piece after another with the whole uh, explanation montage of Echo's upbringing and development in the beginning of the episode. So before we got back to the present day, you saw her as a child and, and being deaf and Death, not death. And being with her father and her father taking care of her, you see that her father is involved in the criminal underworld. And then as a child, you see she has this mysterious uncle who just happens to be a very large Caucasian man who we only see his hand pinching her cheek in karate class. And obviously we are hoping and suspecting that's possibly the introduction of Wilson Fisk. Hopefully, fingers crossed, played by Vincent D'Onofrio into the MCU, considering the very uh, long and intertwined history that Echo has with Kingpin in the comic books. So flash forward to the present day and Hawkeye 
when Clint and or I'll just say our Hawkeyes are captured by the attraction mafia and obviously they escape a chase ensues and it's just one thing after another and I will say this again I really love these Marvel series because they are really putting a human face on these characters more so than they could ever do in the movies and as I said before Hawkeye is obviously the most human of the Avengers before now and Hawkeye is really becoming even much more of a favorite character of mine because there's so many things I can relate to the characters just far as being an, an average man in this world who is just skilled I mean he's going up against these super powered villains and he's just a dude with a bow and arrow and he just it was a job it's what it was for him and I love that and I love the fact that this series because he's an average guy because he's human it brings the MCU down to a street level that has not been touched on before now which opens up the possibilities of expansion for the MCU in so many different ways particularly maybe the introduction to Kingpin obviously talk about the introduction of Daredevil there are just so many aspects of the MCU that can be introduced with this Hawkeye series that I'm really excited to see what happens and how it happens and more importantly with three episodes in midway point and then we end with them breaking into Kate's mom's apartment and Clint getting stopped by Jack with his own damn sword and then we go to black I cannot wait to see the fallout at the next episode with Clint and Jack. I, I really want to know if Clint will ever reveal the fact that he was the Ronin. I am very much excited for that and if it does happen and what sort of fallout there is going to be. So you have not seen Hawkeye episode 1, 2 or particularly 3, definitely, definitely take some time binge watch it they go by real quick not i'm saying they're bad but they're just good action-packed and just fun to watch so definitely take a look out for hawkeye on disney plus now obviously winter is coming and to come back to my cold weather fragrances and our fragrance of the week we're going to go back to a fragrance that i particularly love that i don't wear too often uh simply because it is it's potent and it's powerful but it's perfect for the winter and that fragrance is echelon for men by kimberly new york now with this fragrance you're going to have top notes of orange zest and spicy anise middle notes of black peppercorn and musk and base notes of leather and mahogany now one of the things about the Kimberly New York fragrances is that with the oil concentration they have these are fragrances that not only just project but they irradiate that body heat that you generate just almost acts as um, like an incense like you have your scented oils and that oil once it's heated it just kind of dissipates into the air and spreads around and fills up the room that's what this echelon fragrance does your body heat just really vaporizes it gets into the air and you have this also oh smell good scent bubble around you all day this is a fragrance that lasts 12 plus hours but more importantly we're talking about the cold because of this mixture because of these notes particularly and i want to highlight that mahogany in the base it really cuts through the cold something 
I, I really love wearing this fragrance in the cold weather. It is such a, it's a warming fragrance as well as a seductive fragrance, but it's one that at least with the cold, I think really works well in the office. Now, obviously, this is not one you're, you're spraying, you're taking a shower in. Uh, two to three sprays at the most really are all that you need for this fragrance, and it will last you all day. But I think the cold weather sort of mutes the musk uh, a little bit, so... And with my nose, you get a lot more of that mahogany and leather in the base, uh, which is why I feel like this is a better office fragrance in the winter. And again, that's a bit of a stretch only because I feel like this is very much a you want somebody up on you, close to you, so on and so forth. But considering that musk is a bit muted to me, I will wear that. I have worn this to the office before, uh, you know. We had offices or when we had offices to go to and it worked very well in that setting in the winter. This is not something I would wear in the summer uh, to the office in the daylight in the day. It would definitely be a nighttime fragrance in that regard. But I think in the wintertime, late fall, it is definitely a perfect all day scent. It definitely works well in the office as well. So that is my take on Echelon for Men by Kimberly New York as the fragrance of the week our latest in our series of cold weather fragrances and with that this has been another episode of the Sartorian Geek Podcast by Webster Style where we talk about bow ties comic books and everything in between I've been your host Webster Style the man, the voice, the fragrance feel free to find me on the internet at Webster Style and Sartorian Geek on Instagram at Webster Style on Twitter at WebsterStyleMagazine.com as our website or just plain old WebsterStyle.com but also drop us an email at info at WebsterStyleMagazine.com Thank you again for joining me and remember, stay safe out there and be blessed. in the vicinity without a bow tie Okay, I might have went over the edge Besides, I really let them close on them legs and thighs Need to get strong, we can lift them to the sky The party starts at 12, we got a little time Time, time to get it I'm put Tree Green Tuesday. Had to be Bowtie Thursday. Had to be. White Wednesday? Uh, I don't Well, I know last time. Well, I wore polka dot. You didn't wear. Oh, I miss Million, them heels killing them. But I'm sure it's a Thursday. Bowtie Thursday. Pasta cream in your heels looking sharp. Hey, acting like you don't know the rules up in the workplace. Must I remind you it was till on your birthday? Don't get me wrong, I think we killed in the birthdays. And you picked the hell of fit for the church day. Let's say you picked the wrist game. Oh, it's killing. Now you got the floor filled with bras that you purchase. Pick a color scheme that can match the very corset.